just what should your pricing strategy be and how, when should you even be raising your prices right now? You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus podcast. If you're not familiar with our format, well, each month we focus on a different marketing method and each week I interview a different expert to explore the latest advice on it for you. This month, though, we're not focusing in on one marketing method. Rather, I am taking you through the key things I think you need to know to get ready for the holiday season. And yes, you should be planning your holiday season right now. I know it's summer, but this is when we should be putting down our strategies and our plans and doing the last of our testing ready to make Q4 brilliant. So far, we have been cutting through the hype and getting to the core things you need to know about in the simplest way possible. We've had our common sense guides to the recent Shopify updates and the massive changes to Google Analytics, namely Google Analytics 4, aka GA4. In today's episode, we are starting to tackle the cost of living crisis, rising costs, disposable cash squeeze, recession, inflationary, whatever you want to call it, what's going on right now. We're talking about that and one of the key things you need to be doing to deal with it. Because we're talking about pricing, that often neglected e-commerce um, tool, thing, facet, um, your prices. Highly neglected, usually, um, and something which you really should be using to improve both your sales and your profitability. We're going to be talking about the fact you should be raising prices and why. We're going to talk about how you might go about doing that. We're talking about uh, the important things you need to put in place before you start trying to do that. And we are also going to be getting into why dynamic pricing might be the way to go. You think back a few years and no one was doing dynamic merchandising. There's no on-site personalization at all. Now it's everywhere. And maybe, maybe, just maybe it's time to do the same thing with your pricing. Do make sure you listen right to the end of the episode because at the end of the interview, my guest will be sharing some quick fire insider tips to help you maximize the performance of your business. And then I'll be sharing my take on it all, plus outlining some more free ways we can help you improve your business even more. So make sure you stay tuned to the end. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online Online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with pricing expert Birch Tanir. Birch is the CEO of Pricing, the competitor price tracking and dynamic pricing software, aka the e-commerce pricing guy. Birch and his company help hundreds of e-commerce companies improve their profits with bulletproof pricing strategies that can be applied to any e-commerce company, regardless of its size. Hello, Birch. How are you? 
Fine. What about you, Chloe? I am good. I'm excited to be talking about pricing because it's such a such an ignored subject, which is mad considering how intrinsic it is to the success of an e-commerce business. Yeah, yeah. And people, you know, rarely, rarely consider this exciting, to be honest, but I'm glad that you mentioned that to be an exciting subject. People, people, as you said, mostly ignored it, but obviously I find it fascinating. It carries a lot of opportunities. Hopefully I will, I will share some. And how did you end up in the pricing sector? Because it... I mean, you know, we all end, everyone seems to end up in e-commerce accidentally, but not many end up focusing on pricing. So how come you ended up in pricing? Well, actually, I, I initially ended up in e-commerce, as you said, and that basically happened via my network. So many of my many of my university graduation friends were either like starting up their own e-commerce shops or they were getting employed by those, you know, major actually retailers across the region. Uh, so I used to spend a lot of time with those folks and in every kind of occasion without, I would say, exception, those folks were complaining about the harsh competition in their, you know, market segment, be it, you know, jewelry, be it with fashion, you know, consumer electronics, any, any industry, like uh, this was a, like literally industry agnostic stuff. So they were all complaining about the fierce competition in their market segment. And that competition was mostly uh, tied up with harsh price competition and all that. And, you know, whenever I chatted with those folks, they were all mentioning me that about 50% of their workload was simply wasted through this manual competitor price checks that they were conducting. So they were, you know, literally like very smart guys, top graduates from top universities in the region. And they were wasting, I, I would love to use that word, they were wasting 50% of their day to browse through about 10 to 15 different Chrome tabs different competitor websites, opening once and every like product pages, copying and pasting price points into Excel files. So I found that honestly devastating. I, I kind of felt sad for those friends. And after noticing that this thing was actually quite common in the e-commerce world around 2013, 14, when we started up the company, I decided to automate that bit of the like e-commerce process. So I knew that it was a, actually a niche which could have then expanded into, you know, uh, more automated stuff like dynamic pricing where we stand today. But uh, like long answer short, it started with this uh, brief observation of my friend's problem. Yeah, there has to be a better way to do this than having yeah. your best people yeah. searching for prices for half of every day. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. Um, I mentioned that that pricing is often neglected in the industry and people don't seem to talk about it, which is kind of crazy when, you know, every marketing degree starts by talking about the four P's of which price is a very important one, but then we seem to forget about it. And I find people seem to think more about discounts than they do about the actual price, which is kind of mad as well. Why do you think people so often ignore the optimization of their prices and just set and forget? Well, this, this might be a little like controversial answer, but I think people don't really like the subject. And the reason why they don't like the subject is that, you know, if we go to our childhood days, etc., pricing is sort of like mathematics, right? So not every child really loves maths. They typically love, you know, playing, doing sports, I don't know, doing games, playing games, etc. And to me, marketing of today, like especially digital marketing sort of became a game, if you know what I mean. So it's very easy to kind of, ramp up your marketing spending via different platforms. They offer you nice automations, you know, really sexy AI stuff. So it's really easy to firstly get lost in the marketing jungle before really diving into, I would say, again, uh, quote unquote, boring stuff like pricing. 
So I think that's why people mostly prioritize and even you know, in, a, in a second degree, they dive into other e-commerce operation stuff, but they oftentimes neglect and actually forget about pricing optimization. Uh, but as you said, it carries a lot of importance. It carries ample opportunities. But yeah, uh, that's, I think, the reason we're behind uh, the, this neglect. Yeah, it, it's maths, isn't it? At the end yeah, of the yeah day. it's maths. It's maths, which, uh, as you mentioned maths, I'm going to bring some maths up now because um, e-commerce fuel have just published a really interesting survey where they've interviewed a load of merchants and to find out what's working in their business and what isn't working in their business. And one of the questions they asked was around, obviously all costs are going up. So who has and who hasn't actually raised their prices because their costs have gone up. And they found that 71% of the merchants who responded have raised prices and on average by 11%, so not insubstantial price increases. And, and this is the really interesting bit, only 14% found it had a negative impact on revenue, which basically means if you increase your prices right now, you've got an 86% chance of a good outcome. Now that's, mm-hmm. that's a much better chance of a good outcome than creating a new Facebook ad. Uh, and it's a lot quicker to do too. So Burke, are you, are you advising people to raise their prices at the moment? Is that something you're seeing pay off for brands? Yeah, actually, in this inflationary environment, obviously raising prices is no-brainer, but I would rather see this research outcome uh, from, from a broader angle, Chloe, because you know I think increasing prices is one direction that uh, merchants can follow. If we t- they take a look at things as you know changing your prices more dynamically rather than just you know kind of setting them once up, once in every year, once in every quarter, that bit carries a lot of opportunities. So, I mean, managing your prices dynamically can... Mostly, like as you said, maybe more than 86% of the times will bring you increased profit margins. So in this case, uh, I think I really hope that this price dynamism angle that the inflationary you know, environment brought will actually may, will be maintained uh, across the board. So merchants will notice that, okay, we should be adapting uh, price changes more often than you know, uh, before. So yeah, this, this was actually what we have been saying for years, to be honest. So don't just set your <laughs> prices and forget. I mean, just uh, obviously in, in case of inflation, when we have it like 8 9% across the board, it makes sense to increase your prices maybe for 10%. But even a 1%, 2% change uh, without this level of inflation might have made sense a year ago or two years ago. And that was actually what we were forcing, not forcing, but actually encouraging merchants to do. So yeah, I am I'm not happy about inflation, but I'm, I'm kind of happy about this side outcome of it. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think as well as the maths side of pricing, I think another reason people don't do it is because they are scared of annoying their customers by increasing the prices, which I get. But if you think about how we in our own lives fail to notice when prices go up in so many instances, you know, and and how little we pay attention to the price of some things, it's kind of mad that we would do it. And I think it's, which I think then means, right? So the idea of changing a static price up is quite scary to people. But then the idea of having the prices dynamically going up without us having having a board meeting and running 20 million spreadsheets and having 30 discussions about it is even scarier. So what's the benefit of going Going, going kind of to the nth degree and putting the algorithm in charge and going dynamic with your pricing. Why should we consider that? 
Yeah, yeah. I think I think again, like in some cases, obviously that algorithm will also decrease your price. So I mean, it's not just forced to increase prices all the time in line with inflation. So you know, as your podcast name says, I mean, it's about keeping optimization going on. So this is actually an optimization problem, and for each and every optimization problem, there is a goal, uh, utility to be optimized, maximized, or whatever you call. And this dynamic pricing algorithm thing literally optimizes your goal. So if that's kind of profit margin, you know, improvement, profit margin increase, if that sales volume increase, you basically let the algorithm manage your prices to maximize that goal. So if you, you know, conduct all those price changes by hand, you will be still aiming for that very same goal. And if you let the algorithm do that, I mean, that's kind of like discussing the computational efficiency of a computer versus human brain. So, you know, algorithms exist for a reason. They are way faster than us. Uh, They are better crunching huge amounts of data than human brain. So e-commerce is needless to say, carries a lot of big data problems. And, you know, this pricing problem is also one of those. So that's why uh, people should, I think, at least give a chance to these algorithms as if they are giving a chance to a big budgeted Facebook campaign, as we discussed earlier. So people are not really that afraid of testing out new ad campaigns, you know, really brave campaigns across social media. So this is also kind of a growth experiment. Uh, if, If they kind of put themselves into that state of mind, and if you consider pricing optimization as a growth opportunity, growth experiment, I think that fear, that fear will be needless. So do you find most of your customers who are, who are you know, kind of taking their pricing strategy to, the, to that final point and going for the dynamic side of things, are they doing it to increase profits? Are they doing it to grow their sales? What's their, what's their primary motivation around it? Because I think I, I often find myself thinking about this you know, especially in the travel sector, it's more, it always feels like it's more about maximizing revenue than it is about increasing number of customers. So can it increase number of customers? So that was a massively long question, but hopefully you get what I'm asking. Yeah, totally. I, I got it. And you know, that that's actually a great question. So it's actually, I would say threefold. So merchants can be like trying to, as you said, improve their profit margins. So increase their profit margins, net cash they earn. Uh, they can be, you know, trying to increase their market share. So this can be a kind of a marketing campaign to increase awareness, etc., about the brand. Or they can be really trying to increase their gross merchandise volume. So they are their sales without really uh, caring about their profit margins in the beginning. So one of the choices, you know, you know, which choice the uh, the merchant makes simply dictates the aggressiveness of their, let's say, competitive price strategy. And this doesn't necessarily also need to be across the board of all their assortments. So one key aspect that we try to emphasize to our merchants is that they shouldn't be treating each and every product SKU they carry in their assortment when it comes to pricing. So each product has unique price sensitivity, so price elasticity, as we technically call it. So some products should be priced way more aggressively, way more competitively than others. And some products should be simply treated as profit margin drivers. So identifying these, uh, let's say, different product characteristics in one's uh, assortment is the most vital part before really applying a dynamic pricing strategy. For example, one key thing that merchants mostly know is the lost leader strategy. I think this might be widely known, but if not, let me expand a bit on that. So some SKUs that a merchant carries simply has this characteristic of driving the shoppers into your store if you have ever like uh, a great offer 
So let's say you are selling this, you know, like, for example, milk in supermarkets. So if you are selling a milk at a way discounted price versus your competition, you might drive in some, you know, food traffic. So if you already draw that food traffic, this, uh, this shopper might buy something alongside milk, maybe at a premium price. So this idea is actually the main idea behind all dynamic pricing strategies. So identifying different, uh, let's say, pricing elasticity characteristics of your products, and then deciding on your pricing aggressiveness, competitiveness. But like, again, I, I am good at answering questions in a long way, but I, if, if I make a quick summary out of my long answer, people are either trying to optimize their profit margins, and this is typically the case for scale-ups, I would say. So companies who are already at a decent, you know, let's say market share. But if we are talking about a newcomer trying to gain market share, they tend to give away their profit margins for a while, obviously for six months, 12 months, etc., and they try to maximize their gross sales volumes. So it, it's all about the business stage. So people are equally interested in growth as they are in uh, in maximizing those profits. And I, th- I think it's, I, I love that you're saying we should be looking at understanding what role each of our products plays before we set the pricing strategy for it. Mm-hmm. You know, so some products are going to have a, yeah, let's, let's, let's give this away to get the, the new customers. But this one, this one here, we, we want to make the profit on, we need to make the profit on. So I guess the rules you're, you're giving the algorithm, the goals you're giving the algorithm are really key when it comes to dynamic pricing. Yeah, exactly. So you could, you could you should simply segment those rules, those algorithms according to the right set of products. So some products should be priced very competitively versus your competition. And you know, for some products, you might also be kind of the sole reseller of the product. So you know, you want maybe have a direct competition, you source a really unique product, so you could also ask for a premium. So this would also require some market research to first of all like identify that you are the sole reseller of that product. So that's, that's what we also encourage. So if a product is very widely stocked across, I don't know, tens or maybe in the UK, hundreds of merchants, you shouldn't be really waiting to get a premium price for that product because, you know, shoppers can simply pick one of those other hundreds of merchants. But if you are actually selling somewhat a unique or, you know, rarely uh, like found product, you should be aiming for a, for a premium for that product. And if you're a business who's selling your own product and you know no one else is selling it because it's your product, so there's not that competitive data coming into the pricing, is there still a role for dynamic pricing when it's exclusively yours? Well, actually, I, I tend to think that competition exists for any product or offer uh, service in the world. So, you know, no one can just claim that we don't have competition, so we can charge whatever we like. If there is no direct competition, obviously there's indirect competition or substitute. So having some sense of, uh, let's say, uh, like pricing, let's say, comparison for those substitutes makes a lot of sense. But I think when it comes to just repricing or pricing optimization for your own products, it's all about your internal data. And by internal data, I mean uh, demand signals. So you should be testing your price points according to the demand that you generate for each and every price point. So let's say you increased your price for 10%, but like you said in the beginning, you haven't seen that much of a demand decrease. Then, yeah, you should have done this 10% price increase like maybe days ago, weeks ago. I think the way to better optimize your own product's price relies more on the internal data than the competitive data. Obviously, it should be spiced up a bit with some substitute pricing indexes, but yeah, it's more tied to your internal demand signals. 
Excellent. So yes, it can work for everybody. Yeah. Um, thanks, Bert. It's been a pleasure picking your brains about pricing. Listeners, remember to stay tuned right to the end so you do not miss out on Birch's insider tips about everything we've been talking about and my suggestions for more free resources to help you improve things even further in your business. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online Online store and tech stack. Request a demo at clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K L A V I Y O.com slash masterplan. Okay, Birch, so far we've gone deep into pricing. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about everything that might be going on this holiday season. So for the following questions, your answers can be anything to do with e commerce, which of course, of course, of course, includes pricing. But are you ready? Yep. Okay, let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? They should be thinking always with one key aspect in mind, and that aspect is automation. So I see a lot of merchants uh, like wasting a ton of time on manual op- operations that could have been otherwise automated. So I would say Thinking with automation in mind makes a lot of sense. So, for example, in case of RRR context, so in in price competition, instead of relying on manual and also badly error-prone competitor price monitoring tactics, the first step would be to enable an automated competitor price monitoring system and a repricing system that would react to competitor prices, for example, in line with a predefined pricing strategy. So, as you would imagine, doing all that by hand is pretty challenging, and it's actually... I believe what keeps merchants a little distant from polishing up their pricing strategies in a dynamic way, because they kind of tend to shy away from this manual, you know, cumbersome repetitive operation because, well, it's manual. But if they ever think uh, with automation in mind, if they actually put strategy in the first place and then bother, you know, care about the manual operation uh, in the second place, they would gain a lot of opportunities. And, you know, automation is not just about pricing. You know, you can automate customer support of your company. You can obviously automate in a more common way your inventory management, etc. But I really see mostly small businesses, uh, small and medium-sized businesses shying away from automation because they think that this is only the enterprise way of doing things. But in today's e-commerce enablement tech market, I believe automation is getting widely popular. So they should be always thinking with automation uh, in mind. I love that because it works not just in pricing it works across the whole yeah. the whole e-commerce suite okay now once you've started of course you've got to keep optimizing so what's your favorite way to improve performance well uh like as an i would say optimization enthusiast i believe any optimization is you know or at least should be tied to a goal right so you should be optimizing towards a goal And, you know, in this context, you can either maximize your revenue, your market share, or maybe your profit margin. So there should be definitely a goal. And, for example, as you automate your pricing, you can also continuously monitor how your strategy, how your goal works towards that. 
And so you can continue to react accordingly. So while you are automating whatever you are automating, you should be actually monitoring your performance towards that goal. So for example, you can become more competitive or you can prefer maybe being closer to the market's average to increase your margins. And you know, one thing that I also would like to add is you know, pricing is closely related to marketing automation because if you consider, for example, all the efforts that a merchant put into its, for example, like Google Shopping campaigns, for example, it should make a lot of sense for them to gain even a bit of conversion optimization and optimize prices. I mean, competitive prices in such competitive channels like Google Shopping could be a great conversion optimization lever. So what I'm saying is that pricing is, I mean, I think this is needless to say, but it's an important bit of the marketing mix but it's oftentimes neglected. And if you are, for example, doing Google shopping campaigns, pricing might be the most crucial element that you're marketing. So you should be really following your pricing performance, your overall performance towards the, any optimization problem that you are trying to solve. Brilliant. Another brilliant answer. Now, um, if someone listening wants to learn more about everything we've been talking about, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? Well, your podcast might be the first one, like <laughs> all those you. episodes. And other than that, I'm, you know, maybe people already would know, but I'm a big fan of Shopify because we work closely with the platform. Our merchants are, you know, are mostly on, on, on Shopify. So they, they you know, I, I think they will also do this this year. So they prepare a broad, uh, like Black Friday, Cyber Monday preparation content each year. I think it should be like dropped in a couple of weeks, maybe, or maybe in a couple of months. I think it sort of taps into various area of e- areas of e-commerce and it carries a lot of, let's say, preparation advice. So that might be a free, free source. And as for our area, as for pricing optimization, we also compiled a very comprehensive training up on our YouTube channel, on Pricing's YouTube channel. And it basically aims at walking you through from A to Z of e-commerce pricing. And uh, the catch is that there's even a nice certification program tied to it. And after you complete this free course, you can proudly place your you know, e-commerce pricing certificate on LinkedIn or on your resume. One little thing that I might add on top of that, I have even heard some people hired because of this certificate on their resume because the company was also using pricing and this guy changed jobs to another company who was already using pricing. So after they saw this certificate on his resume, he, he got the job. Nice. Love a certificate. So, uh, so loving that training course. That's excellent. I have to go and check that out myself. Um, finally, it is crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for? Well, I think uh, definitely more unpredictability, I would say. So obviously planning in advance, of course, makes a lot of sense in, in business. However, I think in today's landscape, agile players can easily outcompete out- great planners. Therefore, I think companies need to be monitoring the market data closely in every way. They can act to, uh, you know, as dynamically as possible. So instead of kind of sitting in their boardrooms, sitting in their meeting rooms and, you know, crunching data, planning data, and then going into execution, I think monitoring data, you know, monitoring trends, you know, being aware of what's going in the market on a daily basis in a dynamic way is actually going to be a crucial success criteria. So this can be online prices. This can be, I don't know, product shortages, shortages, shipping issues, et cetera. But I think companies should be really embracing uh, more unpredictability. And this requires more agility. I could not agree with you more. I think the more agile we can be, the more tools we can build to enable us to be more agile and to move faster, 
most definitely the better we're going to do in the next six, 12 months and probably beyond, to be honest. Um, but we are very nearly at the end of the show, which means it's time for you to let the listeners know where they can find you and your business, please. Sure. Well, as you as you introduced me in the beginning, I am I am the e-commerce pricing guy. So if they ever Google, I checked this before the show. So if they Google in quotes the e-commerce pricing guy, I appear first Very as a first cool. result on Twitter, and that's the same for LinkedIn. So I'm as I said, to repeat the e-commerce pricing guy on social media. So if people just Google that, or if they could just you know write my name and surname, they will easily find me on Twitter and LinkedIn. And as for our company. Uh, like it's on pricing.com, the first three letters of pricing itself, the activity of pricing, P-R-I, and the first four letters of synchronization, S, Y, and C, because, well, we simply synchronize the prices. It's as easy as that, everyone. So P-R-I-S-Y-N-C dot com or Google the the pricing guy, the e-commerce pricing guy, and you will find Birch. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and talking about this neglected subject and hopefully inspiring the listeners to think a little bit less statically about their pricing numbers. Um, so thanks so much for coming on. It's been a lovely to catch up with you. Well, thanks for having me. So some really key pieces of advice there from Birch. I think first and foremost, do not ignore your pricing it shouldn't be the same as it was last year. Almost certainly you should be testing the impact it has. I think, um, you know, clearly the first place to start with that is to work out what the roles of your different products are. Are they your loss leaders? Are they um, your, I'm going to get the term, I think it's golden cow, you know, the, the ones which just bring in all the profit for you. What are those roles? Whether you're going to go dynamic, or you're going to stay static, be clear on what the role of each of those products is and therefore what the pricing needs to be. And you've got to be really clear on what the numbers are underneath that pricing decision. So what are your costs? We, we know they're going up for everybody. So you've got to be really clear on how those how those are impacting you. So you know when you need to be changing prices. And as I said, no stats from the e-commerce fuel report, which we will um, share the link to that in the show notes for you. Upping your prices isn't a scary thing to do. Whether you're doing it manually or whether you're going dynamic, it's not scary. It's a good strategy. It was it was, a, was beneficial to 86% of those companies who increased it. Their revenue went up and they didn't get that kickback. So definitely consider that. And I think there's definitely a big case these days for using dynamic pricing in order to work out where your pricing should be and to, to, you know, outsource that to the tech. You definitely should not be doing manual competitive price checking. If you take nothing away from this, please stop doing manual competitive price checking. Okay, you can get the links to everything we discussed, the full transcript of this episode, important notes and more at keepoptimizing.com. You can also use to go straight to the correct page for this episode our new short URLs. So just put keepopt.com forward slash episode number into the URL bar and you'll go right to the correct page on the website. And yes, that's set up for every single episode. Once you get to the website, please add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the things I share to help you improve your business, which includes our monthly Q&A webinar. Yes, as part of my mission to help you improve your marketing at the end of each month, I do my best to get all of our guests to turn up for one live Q&A session where you can get your questions answered or 
just tune in, come along and listen to them having a laugh and discussing the latest things in whatever area we're discussing. So this month, it is, of course, going to be what you need to be doing to get ready for the holiday season with our very varied range of guests. So um, that's going to be a cracking session and you can sign up for that at the website. Uh, just head to the webinar page and uh, there you'll find out the details and be able to sign up. So you'll find out when it's happening and get the links and all that kind of good stuff. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimising podcast. And please spread the word to your fellow marketers, because this month's topics in particular, I've selected as they are the things you all really need to know to plot your best possible holiday season. And my aim is, as always, to help as many of you as possible. So if you can tell other people that we've been putting this together for them, then they and you and me are all going to have an even better end to the year. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimising your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimising at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.